Kavoth describe her as cruel in this one? I don't think I got that far into it. I don't know if it was this one or the other one. I'm pretty sure she doesn't become cruel until the next book. Yeah, I couldn't remember. Cruel in, not in a bad way. It's not her fault. Cruel in a, the world shaped you. Well, I think he describes her as like a, a thunderstorm or a hurricane. Thunderstorm isn't extreme enough. Like, you're, you're not mad at the hurricane. It just is. So the weird thing about that analogy is, like, that might be true, but a hurricane is devastating and selfish and doesn't care who it hurts. Well, selfish to describe a hurricane, I mean, a hurricane, it just is. Yeah, it's really destructive. I'll give you destructive, but I don't know if I'd go so far as to say selfish. It's just going until it spends itself out. Selfish in the way that it just doesn't care who it hurts or how many it hurts, as long as it gets what it wants. You know what I mean? Not really. (laughs) You see, I don't see the hurricane as like, I'm going to hurt whoever I need to hurt to get where I'm going. It's just like, I'm going this way. Yeah. That's that. You might be in my way, but that's, I'm going this way. Yeah. And you're making it sound like it's more of a conscious thing. Like, No, no, it's not conscious. It's just you don't have any feelings towards what's in your way. Do we want to talk about her names and the fact that she's always changing her name, what her names mean? Do they have meaning? Uh, do you guys think Denna is her actual real name? No. No? I kind of think it, eh, maybe. I don't know, I think it's more likely that's her name than any of the other ones she's given. Only because when he's like, oh, that back then you called yourself Denna. And he's like, oh, she was such a silly girl. Yeah, I forgot about her. Almost as like that was her childish name. That was who she used to be. Well, Denna may have been her silly younger self, but I feel like Denna had already been out in the world for a little bit by the time she met Kvothe. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely. And so whoever she was before she ran away from home is different than her, her birth name. If that's what we mean by real name. Yeah. No, I, no, I don't mean like magical naming names, just her actual given name. Yeah, I don't think it's her given name either. But I do uh, think it's probably one of her one of her first names yes. that she gave herself. Like, perhaps she, like, when she left, ran away or whatever, she gave her that name as, like, a, her triumphant, I'm getting out of here, woo, I'm going yeah. to the world. And then the world crushes her. And maybe that's what she means by, yeah, she was a silly girl. She thought that you could take on the world and not get crushed. Now, yeah. do we at least agree that uh, her real name probably starts with a D, though? Yeah. Or her middle name. That's a trick that people use a lot of times when they're going by a new name, is they try and get something that sounds like their middle name. Yeah. So that they'll remember to, like, turn and look. Yeah. You guys uh, think she's, you, you said you think she's uh, nobility? Uh, I think she came from nobility. Like, that was the impression that I got. Same. I would agree. Like, Commonwealth or over in Venter, the small kingdoms. (gasps) What 
if she's from Tall. I just had this idea. <laughs> oh, now you're just going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Why not, uh, old? How do you pronounce that? Yo? 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 Okay. I don't think she's I from I always pronounce it old. Yo? No, despite her, uh, her Olish knots. Well, that's the thing is, she talks about going to Yill, and then later she does Yillish knots. I get yeah, that's actually one thing I was looking for in this reread. She does not fidget with her hair through this entire book, and she only starts doing that to her hair after she visits Yill. 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 So I, I don't think she's uh, descended from Yill. I used to think that too, that maybe she was Yillish, but yeah. She talks about going to Yale, and then she does the Yellish knots. So before then, she was from Tall across the Stormwall Mountains. <laughs> yeah, because in the name I've of the wind, never given any time. thought to where she's from, no. <laughs> and now I feel like I should. I don't think she's Shaldish. Sildish. No, no. definitely not. I always say Kildish. Kildish? Which I realize it's probably not right. <laughs> I say Sildish, right? Oh, I, I think thought it was Yildish. like a shh sound. Yeah. They talk about somewhere about like Shaldish and uh, calling that area the Shald. Yeah. But I don't know. Pronunciations are so weird. Yeah. They were Kaledish in my mind for a long time. Yeah, me too. Oh, they're they're still uh, they're still Kaledish in my mind. I don't think she's Modegan either. Wrong. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say she's. Pro- I don't think, I don't think she's, she's Modegan. She's either Commonwealth, Vent, or whatever the other, the small kingdoms, or... Or Aider. You don't think she could be a Turin? Oh, a Tour. Yeah, she could be a Turin, because Will, or uh, Simmons from a Tour. Yeah. Uh, she could be from, like, a small noble-ish family like uh, Will, or uh, Sim- Simmons is. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, I don't know either. I think that she is... Noble as well. Or I could see Denna being like lo- like a tour of nobility instead of vintage. Yeah, I don't know if she's vintage. Oh, back with the names. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of her names are like Diane or Diana, and the one A name. Yeah, Alora. Mm-hmm. So strange. In Earth mythology, Diana's the goddess of the moon, and a huntress, and a virgin, mm. and trying to connect, because Rothfuss is so careful with his names, like, what part of Diana is he trying to reference with her names, which get people to be like, she's the moon, she's from the moon, she's related to the moon. I she tried to, like, like moonless nights the best, so I'd say probably not the moon part. He he's said many times before that he like very specifically doesn't look for like normal earth language stuff. Anytime I hear stuff like that and they try to like, oh, this in Spanish actually means this, I bet he got that. He's very specifically said he tries not to do that. But he tries to make them sound normal. Yes, they're a little bit different, but not so different that you wouldn't be able to recognize them. Like Willem, mm-hmm. like Sim, yeah, being close to Simon and William. None of these names are actually Diane or Diana. They all have Ys and extra As. and Yeah. I don't usually, like, uh, 
pay attention too much if someone's trying to like say a name is the same in another language but on Earth, and that's right. I think that uh, that clumsy. I think he just makes it all up, and it just so happens to mean something. And because there's hundreds of languages, you can find something that'll mean something. What about the similarities between Denna and Denner? Yeah, there is a similarity there. Uh, and she is described a couple times as having very white teeth. That description a lot of is. That way, though. It's true. That description is kind of what made me wonder if she was a little bit fey. They mention uh, Dennerlings a couple of times. Mm. And as sort of like mischievous and probably idiotic fey creatures or feyan beings. In Tarbine, Dennerling is slang for a denner addict. Is it though? I only saw Sweet Eater as yeah. the slang oh. for a denner addict. And then the Dennerling... Maybe I made that up. Yeah, Dennerling's like a fey creature. It mm-hmm. is a fey creature. I thought it was both. I kind of wondered if Denner Resin was named because it makes your teeth really white like a Dennerling. Or it makes you act like a Dennerling. Also possible, but I liked the white teeth part. Both. I always yeah. uh, figured he used the white teeth, describing it as to kind of like show that they're either highborn or they have money to take care of their teeth or... Which because he usually says it, mentioning it after saying they're high nobility or they're something like that. I think most of the time he uses it as reference to their like wealth or their hygienic abilities. Well, and if you think about it, like mortician, well, not more, but people who do autopsies, like the teeth are one of the easiest things to look at when it comes to whether or not somebody grew up with mm-hmm. yeah. good health and good dietary habits and all of that stuff. So that does make sense that people with white teeth in adulthood would be people who were highborn and were raised with those resources. Or Faye, because Felurian and Bast are both described with white teeth. Also possible. Denna's a little bit around the edges, just like both. If I set a timer for like 10 minutes, do you guys want to talk about is Denna a good character? Slash, is Denna good for Kvothe? <laughs> we actually sure, might so agree on both of those. Yeah, I think we both agree but, that she's not good for Kvothe. But if you ask, is Denna a good person? Yeah, good person is... Then I think we disagree. Yeah. I dislike her as a person. All right. Because I think we both can agree that she's a good character. Oh, yeah. Right? Uh, yeah. Character. But as a person, you, you can go ahead and uh, and start with why you find her so abhorrent. I wouldn't say abhorrent. It's like, I, the thing is, like, uh, I don't hate her. It's more... Oh, are you sure? <laughs> I'm pretty sure. It hates very strong. It's, it's more I dislike... I understand that she has probably been beaten down by the world over and over and over again, but I don't like how she treats the world either. And to me, no matter how much you've been beaten down by the world, it doesn't necessarily let you be mean to the world either. And I think there's numerous instances, not necessarily in this book, like this book I'm, I'm, having trouble finding any specific instances where she's specifically mean. 
to Kavoth or to anybody else. It's more, I don't have enough information. Like the whole, she was dating Savoy for a while. And we know from, in general, Savoy's a half-decent guy. So I'm not quite sure what he specifically did wrong. And I'm kind of annoyed at her. Like if she's dating a guy and he's a nice guy in general, but he gives her a rose, is that instantly, I got to get out of here? Because she kind of makes it out to be. And to me, that is not good enough. Like, if a guy just gives you a rose, she shouldn't be looking that far into it that she does. I don't think that that a rose is a deal breaker for her. I think it's just like, I'm sure we all have things as readers where an author does it and we're like, really, like, you too. I think it's more like that. Like, it doesn't necessarily take too much from how she feels about the relationship, but it's something where she like rolls her eyes and it's like another rose, really. Well, the, the thing is, like, it, it doesn't specifically say, but, like, when a guy gives her a rose, does she have that conversation with him? Does she say, oh, thanks for the rose. I'm, I'm not a real, I'm a daisy person. Because I bet she doesn't. I bet she takes the rose, rolls her eyes, and then check marks the guy off as just another guy. You know what I mean? Like, and I think she does that with a lot of things. Not every guy is going to respond well to, oh, I'm more of a daisy person. Here, I bought you this expensive, hard-to-get gift, and you don't really like it? And if the guy is a douchebag, then by all means, check him off. He's he's a douchebag. But if they're a half-decent guy, they'd be like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, that's just... If you like daisies, hell, I can get you a daisy. Those are beautiful, just like you, <laughs> or whatever they say. But uh, who knows what she actually says? Because what she says to Kavoth, I doubt she says to these other men. Like she's oh, I'm sure she does. And just, I, I wonder what these other men would do if she was more honest with them with her intentions. But there's a huge risk to being honest. Right now, she's not really giving them much of herself. And I think that's one of her fears. So I feel like to expect her to put that sort of thing out there, it doesn't sound like you're asking a lot when you ask for total honesty. But, I mean, that is asking for a lot when you're talking about somebody as skittish and sort of world-weary as Denna. And even for just your average person, for you, me, average Joe Smoke, total honesty leaves you very vulnerable. Yeah. It does. I can understand that. And I'm not specifically asking for total honesty, but it's more just like, I don't know. Because we don't have her story. We don't have what she's actually saying. to them. By all means, each one of these guys could be a complete ass. Savoy could have been a complete douche or a complete jerk. But... So since we don't have those stories, we can only speculate. We do know a couple of things about Savoy, other than him being a decent guy. We know that he's Modigan, and they talk about their having sort of more relaxed expectations regarding sex and things like that. And yep. we know that he got his friends in trouble by uh, grabbing a waitress's bottoms. Uh, that's true, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I do remember that part. That could be that something that if you're dating someone, I mean... That might not be the best thing in the world to have a guy that's going to grab a waitress's butt. So it's easy to say that 
that Savoy is a, a nice guy and, and that he is a nice guy, but that doesn't mean that he doesn't do things that would get him in trouble in a relationship with a, a nice girl. True. And we were no, only I, taking that waitresses by her word, too. Who knows if that was... Pretty sure they saw it. <laughs> I don't think they saw it. She, she like, informed them of it. But, uh, yeah, no, that's, that, that's true. And, and that's the thing. Like, uh, it's hard for me to find any specific spots in Name of the Wind. I, I can get into more detail on that in the next book after I read it again. Because, like, there are some very specific spots in there that I have issues with her on. But in Name of the Wind, at the very end, other than the few issues I have with her pretty much abandoning Kavoth to not knowing if he's dead or alive at Trayvon, or and just, you know, a few other little things here and there, her very specifically not wanting to be in debt to him no matter what. And just, so then that, so like, if it was just Name of the Wind, I would most likely agree with you that she's not a bad person in general. I just think she's basically female both. We don't see things from her perspective, so we don't always see it as much. But if you look at, like, people always complain about how both can never find her and she's always disappearing without telling him where to find her and all that but if you think about it like how many times has both stood her up or not been where he was supposed to be and yeah he always has a good reason and there are always extenuating circumstances but it's not like she actually knows those good reasons or the extenuating circumstances honestly after reading this like i I don't i'm not sure if that that flies anymore because like she mentions she looks for him twice and literally finds him twice. He's at Anchors. He's at. Uh, I no, she doesn't she, say she looks at him twice. No, no, she she uh, she she's in she's in Emory. She uh, she's like, I'm always the one finding you. I've I've come look for you twice and found you. And he's like, I look for you all the time and never find you. I, I think those were the like. And then the only time she doesn't find him is when he's not home and she leaves the note for him. But. Um, I don't think she actually comes over and looks for him actually that often. And when she does, she does find him. And I, I think Kavos is just kind of an idiot because he's expecting to find her around every corner when he goes there, which that's, he has no information to go on. So I don't know what the hell he's actually looking for. So his when, dozens of times is, that's just him uh, being kind of an idiot. When she said that, I didn't take it to mean that she only looked for him twice, just that she found him twice. Same. I thought she was kind of in the same position as Quilf, where she's always trying to make her route take her past where he might be, and she just happened to be successful these couple of times. And then, of course, from her perspective, it's like she's always the one that finds him, so he must not be looking very hard. No, he's not. Like, his looking is he walks around for ten minutes, or he goes to the Olean and Granted, it's there's a chance she might be there, but then again, she never tells him, obviously tells him where she's going to be. And he can't take any of that information anyway because she's going to be gone by the time he goes looks for at an inn or anything like that. Hannah, you want to finish with anything? Not really. Uh, <laughs> are he... No, my main thing on Denna, well, obviously I disagree that she's not a good person, but I really do think she's just a female Kvolf. And the only reason that people feel differently about Denna than they do about Kvolf is that we're seeing things from his perspective. 
And I get really frustrated sometimes watching the threads where people complain about how much they hate Denna because so often they're upset with her or hating her for the same qualities that Quoth possesses and that in Quoth they like these qualities. They praise the same qualities that they complain about in her. And I don't know if it's just because we're seeing it from his perspective. So it's like when he tricks somebody into letting him do something, we're like, yeah, success. But then when she does it, people are like, she's so manipulative. Like, she's such a terrible person. Why doesn't she just work hard for it and get it that way? I just get really frustrated by that. It's quite frustrating. It is. Jeff? Uh, let me think for a second. One one thousand. <laughs> Like I, I definitely I I agree with you in general on that. Like her and Kavoth do a lot of the similar same things, but it goes back to like the thing in Trebon. If the roles were reversed, Kavoth would have ran into town to see if she was alive. Like even if he was cut to all hell, bleeding, he literally would have ran into town to see if she was alive. And like other things like he is manipulative here and there but he's never manipulative to his friends he well sometimes he lied to willem that one time but uh but does denna really manipulate him like she confuses. she doesn't manipulate well she does manipulate she does when like the whole pick a flower for me i'm gonna try to trap you into picking a flower i don't like so i can complain to you and that's I why she gets just- pissed pissy when he picks one that she's never heard of and I don't think it it was meant to be a trap I think it was meant to be a way to see how he actually feels about her and see how he sees her because I think with most men she finds them really easy to read and easy to understand and she knows where she stands with them and she knows how they see her and so I think that was just her kind of roundabout way of trying to see how he sees her without letting him know that how he sees her is important to her. True. That could be. So it. I don't think it was a manipulation. I think it was a way to try to understand without putting herself out there too much. Yeah. I could see that. Like, but the way she did it, like, he does it numerous times, like, uh, where he's contemplating, like, an answer to something, and he knows one answer is just simply the wrong answer. And... I think she's, like, testing him half the time to see if he's going to trip up to give her the excuse she needs to check him off her list. I, I think I think that might be my issue with her, and, th- and that might be her nature. Is she's constantly looking for a reason to ditch him, and she can't find one yet. And I, I see, like, all these little questions she might ask him for this or this or this. Is her trying to get him to slip up? Because we know what happens when he finally does slip up at the end of Wise Man's Fear, and she just writes him off for the day. And it, it's that's more than a slip up. Then again, she's telling him that he could push a little more or steal me, Kavoth. And when he doesn't do those things, it doesn't give her. Um, I don't know. That's out. That's what I got. <laughs> Jeff, 
where can people find you if they want to know more about Jeff Bolts? My only real social media outlet, I go on Facebook. You can find me on the uh, King Killer Chronicle fan page. I am fairly active on there, especially when I'm doing the rereads. I'm fairly argumentative, but not too bad, hopefully. <laughs> uh, you can find my games. You can look them up at Punk Vest Games at Facebook, Facebook.com or whatever the thing is. I don't know. You can look at my music. If you find me on the uh, community, I'll, I'll tell you whatever you want. <laughs> and Hannah? I'm also in the Facebook group. And then I also have a blog where I sometimes talk about kinkiller things, mostly in one very, very, very long post. But it's uh, habitualrereader.blogspot.com. That's my only other uh, kinkiller-related thing. But I also am on Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. So if you want to find me, I'm not difficult to find. And Hannah's a moderator of the King Keller Chronicle Facebook page. So Yeah, so thank you for all yelling at you. <laughs> and, of course, you can find the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're on Facebook. And we just opened our own Twitter account at Road the number two, Tinue, at on Twitter. So come find us, give us a follow, find out about our schedule and stuff. And as always, please email us with your opinions. Did you like it? Are we mispronouncing things? Are we all the way, way off? You can email me at road to tinue at gmail.com. That's road, the number two, tinue at gmail.com. Music by Mark Haas. You can find more KKCA music by Mark Haas on his YouTube page, youtube.com backslash Mark Haas Music. And we'll see you on the road. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably know about World Builders. World Builders is Pat's charity that he created back in 2008, I think. It started out real small, just him saying... Let's give some money to Heifer. I think it was Heifer at the beginning. I wasn't there. And now it's grown. It's huge. They've raised over $7 million since 2008 to give to Heifer through a whole bunch of different ways. Through the Tinker's Pack and through the lottery and auctions and just people giving money, feeling good. And you can be a part of that. You, too, can feel good helping people out and enjoying geeky perks. The biggest perk is probably the lottery. Hannah, you want to talk about the lottery? The lottery is neat just because anybody who puts in at least $10 is automatically entered. Every $10 that you donate gets you entered again. And they just get tons and tons of donations. And it's everything from a cabin on Joko Cruise to tack boards to sign books, just all sorts of things. And then I even like, just because Pat always does his blog post about it, I always love even just going through and looking at the books, and sometimes he'll describe the books or talk about the books. And if nothing else, I get to add a few books to my TBR. Even if I don't win, like I feel good because my money is going to Teffer, which is a really awesome charity, and it's one of my favorite charities. But it's also kind of nice having that little, like, maybe I could get something really cool. 
And last year he put in a golden Rothfuss ring, which would have been like the most amazing thing ever to win because it entitled you to a favor from Patrick Rothfuss. So he, there's all sorts of cool stuff in there. It's pretty awesome. So another way that you could, if, if you got the money lying around and you don't want to risk it in the lottery, the auctions have gold. They usually put at least one gold ring up in the auctions. And there's also lots of donations in there. There's more signed books, more games, more jewelry and toys and swords and anything you can imagine ends up in the auction. So on top of being able to buy things you want, on top of the lottery, like just every $10 gets you a chance to win something amazing, there's also the stretch goals. And the stretch goals are also really fun. And it's something where even if you're just donating $10 and encouraging other people to participate and spreading the word, it's like it's still fun to kind of see what we're working towards. One of 2015 stretch goals that I'm really excited about that hopefully will come in, out within the next year or two is Tunes from Temerant, which is pretty awesome. And then we recently got to uh, to see the new maps if you bought the 10th anniversary edition. And having uh, Pat work with Nate Taylor to create some more updated and more detailed maps was one of the stretch goals a couple of years ago as well. So that was that was an exciting one. And then, too, some of them are just, like, kind of funny things. Like, Neil Gaiman usually does something as one of the stretch goals where he'll do, like, a silly video. And sometimes you can vote on the book that he'll read. And those are always just really fun. So it's just it's fun to watch. I think my favorite silly video was Amanda doing bread face, face bread. And just, she had some bread and she put her face into it. <laughs> the stretch goal I'm waiting for is Max Temkin is supposed to redecorate Pat's office. Oh, yeah, that'll be pretty awesome. Yeah, and I've been, I've been waiting for that one with bated breath. Well, and actually, the last couple of years, they've been working with uh, Cards Against Humanity to do a new pack mm. for the fundraiser, which has been pretty awesome. I was super excited about the fantasy pack, especially because uh, Pat wrote a couple of cards, and then it's just a bunch of fantasy authors. And during the fundraiser, all the proceeds from those packs went straight to World Builders. So that was pretty awesome. Thank you, Cards Against Humanity. Thank you, yes. Max Temkin for donating to our favorite year-end fundraiser. <laughs> Even if you don't care about stretch goals or auctions or lottery, but you just want to spend some more time with Pat, you can hang out with him on a Twitch stream. Two years ago, he started streaming on Twitch. The first year, he played Fallout 4. Last year, he played a different game. I don't care about video games. He also does lots of Q's and A's, and he has guests on, and they play games together. He does writing streams where you can see the Tseb Dad mug, which really, it brings it all together when you see that red Tseb Dad mug. And to get that joke, come to the stream. <laughs> There's a great community. Uh, he calls it some of the last civilization on the internet. We're all pretty polite and kind to each other. So if you just want to go to a place on the internet that's not full of jerkwads, come hang out with us on the Twitch stream. I'll make sure to put a link in it. And, oh, and sometimes he brings Sarah on the stream, 
his girlfriend and the mother of his children, and every one of those is a pure delight. She's a lovely lady, and together they're great, and they did a singing stream where they they would choose songs that they knew and they would just sing them, and everybody would be happy. So if you want to be happy, you should check out <laughs> <laughs> Pat's Twitch stream. I'm sad that I missed the uh, singing. I don't know if it's still up in the archive, but maybe the World Builders has posted it on YouTube. It's worth checking out. And all so you get all of this goodness from from Pat, from KKC, from all sorts of nerdy things, and you're helping people because Heifer goes out and helps people, and they're really built on the if you give a man a fish, he'll eat for a day, but if you teach a man to fish, he'll eat for a lifetime. And so they do things that are about sustainability and about learning. And, like, they don't just go into a town and drop off a food box. They go to a family and they bring a goat and they teach them how to read to take care of that goat and how that goat can help their family the best. And then that family has a goat and they have milk for their kids and milk that they can sell. And then they get baby goats, which they can also sell. They can get a whole goat herd. They can start making cheese. And then they're encouraged to give back. So then they give their goats to another family. Well, they give not all of their goats. They give some goats to another family, and they teach them how to do it. And those kids are now getting enough food. Well, they're getting more food. They're getting calories so that their little brains can grow and work, and they can go to school and grow up. And (sighs) Heifer's awesome. It really is. And uh, if you have some free time, you should check out the blog or the Twitch stream. And if you have a little bit of extra money, you should go ahead and donate to a worthy cause because it feels good. And you'll feel good and you'll be helping make the world a better place. The end! Bye! Bye!